companies, associate appraisers, valuers, whatever you want to call them, uh, researcher, assistant, analytical team. You know, what can a trainee do? What can they not do? Gosh, we could talk quite a while about that. So we may have to break this up into a couple of podcasts, but uh, I, I pulled in the mailbag and, and actually I didn't uh, pull in the mailbag. What I did is I looked at my phone. So now now the uh, the mailbag can be digital, I suppose. And it can be just uh, not just email. It can be other things. And so this is uh, another thing. So I guess I'll say I looked at Brian's phone. How's that? And I got a question, and it didn't come in uh, via mail or via email even. It came in via text. And that's okay. Um, That's probably the best way to communicate with one another these days. Uh, I tell folks all the time, if I'm if I'm lecturing or in a meeting, obviously I can't answer the phone. I probably don't have time to check email, but on a quick break, I can maybe take a peek at my text, right? So anyway, I got a text, and this is what it said. Hey, Brian, sorry to bother you. I know you're always busy. I just had a question that has come up. If a trainee does the inspection... Do they have to sign a report or can you not have them sign and write what they did in an addendum? Thanks, Scott. And I know who Scott is, but I'm going to leave it at Scott. So thanks, Scott, for the message. I've actually already responded to him, but I thought this would be a good opportunity to do this via a podcast so that if any of you out there listening have some um, you know, concerns or, or maybe a, a little, uh, uh, need a little clarity on this topic, uh, this would just be a good topic for a, for a quick podcast. So, and because we're talking about trainees, what they can do and what they can't do, when they sign, when they don't sign, et cetera, et cetera, this, this very well may bleed over into a couple of podcasts. So, so, uh, so stay tuned for that. But, um, the question here today is if a trainee does the inspection, do they have to sign a report or can you not have them sign and write what they did in an addendum? Stick around. We'll answer that question and more when we come back. Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning. So let's just dive right into this. Um, The question is, I've got a trainee or an associate appraiser, whatever you want to call them, and they did the inspection. And the question is, do they have to sign the report? Or can I just list their name somewhere in an addendum and describe what they did? Well, the answer to this question is, and by the way, I'm going to give you a secret. I I tell my students, don't use this on me (laughs) in class. Don't use this on me. But the best answer to most appraisal related questions, the very, very, very best answer to most appraisal related questions is, It depends. And Kim, don't cut that out. I left that 
pause in there uh, on purpose for theatrical emphasis. Okay, <laughs> and I'll leave this in here too. Uh, I tell folks all the time: none of my stuff is scripted. I don't have a script. I'm I'm uh, I'm broadcasting this, and uh, they do uh, really in the in the um, webinars they do zero editing. Uh, probably should at times. And then the podcast, it's uh, almost always zero. Sometimes there's a little bit. Normally, it's just an add-in of some music. Uh, so leave that in, Kim. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Kim does a great job, and, and thank you for all that you do, uh, as do all the people at Appraisory Learning. We really have a great team, and uh, and I'm, I'm thankful and blessed to be part of that team. It's just a really good group of folks that care and uh, are trying to provide good information to the appraisal community. So I'm, I'm very blessed to be a part of that team. So a little shout out to, to all the guys and gals over there at Appraisory Learning. Uh, so <laughs> as I said, the answer is it depends uh, because that is the answer. Uh, so the, the question that Scott sent me, and when I text him back, um, I said if it's on a 1004 form, which I assume is probably what his question is. I know Scott, he's a residential appraiser. I said, if it's on the 1004 form for Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, they have to sign it. Now, that that still depends too. I said, if you were with them, then it's up to you because the appraiser was actually accompanying the trainee and the appraiser could sign it if, if that was the case, right? Uh, if they don't sign, they have to be listed in the certification by name, and somewhere in the report it has to reflect what they did. If it is for private work, it's up to you. But you cannot certify, this was my final statement, you cannot certify you did a personal inspection if you didn't, right? And so that was to Scott, and I appreciate his question. I got back to him um, you know, as quickly as I could. And um, I also reminded Scott, um, you would have to say you didn't look at the property, but a trainee did, and that you were relying on that information. And then there's some other things that come into play too, which we'll, we'll probably get to in this broadcast a little bit. So let's break this down, all right? From a USPAP perspective, and, and we'll get into this quite a bit uh, because we're going to talk about Standard Rule 2-3. Um, guys, if you're a real practicing appraiser, I don't care if you're commercial or residential, please get familiar with the first 24 pages of USPAP. It's the preamble. It's the definitions. It's all those rules, you know, the scope of work rule, the record-keeping rule, the competency rule, all those rules. And then you've got standard one, which is the appraisal. It's the, the development. And then standard two, which is simply the communication tool or the report. It's the method in which you communicate the results of the appraisal to your client. And a little pet peeve of mine is to, is to say, here's your appraisal. Well, no, it's not. Here's the appraisal report. It's the method in which you're communicating the results of the appraisal to your client, right? Keep in mind the appraisal and the appraisal report are two entirely different things, okay? Sometimes we as appraisers uh, get confused on that. And so read the first 24 pages of USPAP. Uh, it's your minimum requirements. You can always exceed the minimum, that's fine, but you have to at least do the minimum. 
It's 24 flipping pages for crying out loud. Now, if you do appraisal review work, you've got standard three, standard four, you got to look at. And if you do other things, then you've got to examine other parts of the document, right? And the advisory opinions and the frequently asked questions, although they're not binding, it's pretty good information. It's the appraisal foundation giving you that advice. When they talk, I'm going to listen, right? So, uh, but again, the, the first 24 pages is really, it's going to get you in a good place if you are very familiar with those, all right? So back to Scott's question, the answer I gave was it depends. And I wasn't trying to be smart or anything. That, that really is the correct answer. So according to USPAP, um, USPAP really allows you so much flexibility. You can do almost anything. Did you hear me? Now, don't put words in my mouth. Don't go back and say, Brian Reynolds said I could do anything. I did not say that. I said, you as the practicing appraiser can do almost anything. With scope of work and extraordinary assumption and hypothetical conditions, that opens the door up to allow you to do almost anything. So let's break this down a minute. I, I mentioned private work at the end of my text. Let's just say that you're hired by a homeowner thinking about selling their home or a, a light industrial building. It doesn't matter. And uh, they ask you to appraise it. Let's say you're familiar with it. Or maybe you're not familiar with it, but you've got a trainee or an associate and you feel really good. They're competent. They've helped you for years or whatever the case may be. And you send them out and they look at the property and you don't go. You're the supervising appraiser and you do not go. All right. There's nothing in USPAP that would prohibit the trainee and you both signing as appraisers. Right. There would be nothing in USPEP that would prevent you from signing and putting in the certification that you did not make a personal inspection of the subject property because you didn't, right? The critical part of USPEP is, is that you just don't create a misleading report. That you do what you need to do to create credible assignment results. That's a standard one issue. And you don't create a misleading report, which is a standard two issue, right? So I could say Jim went out and looked at the property. I did not go. Now, how am I misleading there? I've made that pretty clear. But in the certification, I have to list Jim by name. I have to mention him by name for providing significant real property appraisal assistance. And then somewhere in the report, I have to say what Jim did. Now, that doesn't have to be in the certification, but it can be. That's where I put mine. Got to list him by name there anyway. I might as well put what he did there as well. Okay. So I could sign the report, list Jim in the certification as providing significant real property appraisal assistance. And then somewhere in the report, doesn't have to be in the certification, but it can be. Detail what Jim did. And I'm, I'm good. I could also have Jim sign the report. And I could sign the report. And that would be permissible. Now, some people get confused that if the trainee or associate appraiser is signing the report, 
do you still have to list in the certification or somewhere in the report them by name and a description of what they did? And the answer to that is no. <laughs> I mean, if they've signed the report, they own it, kind of like you, right? So um, there's an option there. They can sign the report. You could sign the report. They cannot sign the report. You sign the report, right? And when I sign report, uh, don't don't get confused there. The only place, the only place that USPAP requires a signature is a certification, okay? You're required to sign certification. I can't find anywhere in USPAP where it says you got to sign a report. You got to sign a certification, Okay. So now let's break this down to the residential world exclusively because I know Scott, his question was probably for residential and it was probably for a 1004 form. All right. Uh, what if I said, uh, when's the last time you filled out a form 70? I asked that in class the other day. I said, instead of a 1004, let's talk about a form 70. How many of you have ever done that? <laughs> Freddie Mac, I'm trying for you. I'm trying. Yeah, if you look down in the bottom uh, right-hand corner, you'll see a 1004. That's at the bottom of your uniformed residential appraisal report, which is actually the name of the form. It's a U-R-A-R, -R, right? Uniform Residential Appraisal Report. If you look down at the bottom right-hand corner, it says Fannie Mae Form 1004, 2005. But over on the left-hand side, surprise, it says Freddie Mac Form 70. So a Form 70 is the same thing as a Form 1004. It's just Freddie Mac's form identification number, Form 70, and Fannie Mae's form identification number, 1004. And we hear 1004 a lot. So I'm, I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to start calling it Form 70 a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I like to mix things up once in a while. The interesting thing on that as well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is it says 2005. And what does that mean? Well, what that means is that's the last time that form was revised. So all you folks out there filling out the form and checking every box and making sure you're doing a, a very good job in doing that, if you're not adding stuff onto that, you're going to have some problems if, the, if, the, uh, if you get a complaint phone. You're going to have some problems likely because um, do you honestly think that a form that was created, or it wasn't created, excuse me, do you honestly think that a form that was revised most recently 15 years ago gets you in compliance with the 2020-2021 edition of USPAP? And the answer should be no. The answer should be heck no, right? You better be adding some stuff to that. All right, but let's, let's talk about the Form 70 <laughs> or the Form 1004. Whatever you want to call it. All right, here's your option. So the trainee goes out with you. Uh, you have an executive decision to make as the supervisor. You can sign it or the trainee, and you can sign it. It's totally whatever you, whatever you want to do, all right? Uh, I would say if the trainee is just doing a portion of the work, it'd probably be inappropriate for them, not, not a USPAP issue, but probably uh, if you just have them do one little aspect, let's say you... You have them help you measure it, and that's all they did. They're a brand-new trainee, and all, all you did is, you know, they, hump, they held the dumb in for the first couple, 
which that's really not significant real property appraisal assistance, is it? Uh, we call that a dumb in tape measure holder or, or, or <laughs> right, right. That's not significant. Come on. But after they've helped you with, you know, a handful, you're out the next day and it's pouring down rain. You say, congratulations, you, you just graduated to the measurer. You're going to measure this one, okay? I'm going to rely on it. So they're out there in the rain. And my trainee the other day had, <laughs> we went out to do a construction. And um, before, you know, I'm tiptoeing. I'm, I'm, I've got big work boots on and I'm tiptoeing because it's been raining here like crazy. And uh, she was out grabbing some photographs for me, and uh, she came around the back side, and it was a it was a, a townhouse attached, and um, and before I, I saw her, she was on the right side of me, and she sank. I mean, she literally sank in the mud, and uh, so when we were walking back to the truck, I said, uh, "You still want to be an appraiser?" <laughs> and she said, "I'm just glad these weren't expensive shoes." So ever since then, uh, Kelsey's been putting work boots in her truck. She, you know, she it happened to her once. She learned her lesson, and she's uh, carrying around the uh, the uh, work books, I, work, work boots. I should have taken a picture and posted that for you guys. It was it was kind of funny, but um, but anyway, then the uh, the trainee with you is measuring out in the rain. You rely on it. Well, that's significant real property appraisal assistance. They measured it. They calculated. You're relying on it, right? Now, you you need to be able to say, yeah, they're competent to do that. I have a reasonable basis to believe they know how to measure now, and they're going to do it correctly before you rely on that, okay? But let's say that's all. We've checked those boxes. We're good there. Now, are you going to have them sign the report and you sign it? Are you going to sign it and just list them by name in the certification as providing significant real property appraisal assistance? And then somewhere in the report, again, it can be in the certification. It's where I put mine. Trainee Bob measured the property, right? Which one would you do? Well, it'd probably be more appropriate in this example to do listing them by name in the certification and a description of what they did. Because that's really all they did. And if trainee Bob signs the report, guess what? Trainee Bob is responsible, like you, for the report in its entirety. And that's a that's a little, you know, that's that's a little hard. That's a little hard, you know, having Bob be responsible for everything when all Bob did was measure the house. Okay. But back to Scott's question, the purpose for this podcast. All right. If you're with the trainee then uh, the trainee can sign, you can sign, or you can just sign. Scott, it's okay. You were there. You did the inspection. And, guys, I'll tell you what I did in the past. I had a, a trainee, and uh, Clay, Clay got them all good and trained up. And uh, he's still a trainee, by the way. I think he's been a trainee for about seven years, and he knows what he's doing. Obviously, he could be certified at this point. So I wouldn't hesitate to send him out by himself right now and have him do everything, right? He'd sign his trainee. I'd sign a supervisor. But let's say I had a particular client that said, no, by God, Brian Reynolds, you got to go to the property. And come on, lenders, this is a cry out to you. Stop the nonsense. Why, after I get somebody trained up, why in the heck do I still have to go? 
go out there with them. That's why appraisers don't want to bring people on. They have to provide value to the business owner. And you're handcuffing us. You're shackling us and not letting us bring people on that will add value to our businesses. So come on, lenders, wake up. If you don't trust the appraiser, knock them off your panel. I mean, if you're like, well, I don't, I don't believe, you know, I don't believe them. Well, then why are you working with them? So I, I'd love to see the lending community back off a little bit and let us start using trainees that have been trained, that we feel competent, uh, that we're going to rely on and assume responsibility for it. Let me be a businessman and hire some folks and expand my business. That's another conversation. But Scott, you can, uh, you can sign it as well as your trainee. Now, here's the real question. Can you send the trainee out and elect not to have them sign it? Now, we've already talked about that from a USPAP perspective. And if it's, you know, non-lender work, uh, private work, you can do about whatever you want to, as long as you're not mis create a misleading report. But for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, what about them? Well, with that one, you're going to have a hard time, right? Um, if, you, if you look at your 1004 Form 70 and you look at it real close, right? By the way, I, I recommend everyone to read those. If you look at the scope of work section, it says the appraiser must, at a minimum, perform a complete inspection of the interior and exterior of the subject property. So, Scott, if you send your trainee out and they look at it, you sit and discuss it with them, you review the photographs. If you signed as appraiser, you would have created a misleading appraisal report. You can't do that. You can't say that you did a complete visual inspection of the interior and exterior when you didn't. That doesn't work. So if your training goes out and you're not with them, the appropriate thing to do on page six of the URAR is the trainee would sign on the left-hand side under appraiser. Well, Brian, they're not an appraiser. Well, we'll get back to that one in just a second. You'd have them sign on the left under appraiser. And Scott, you would sign over on the right-hand side under supervisory appraiser. And then down in the bottom right-hand corner, it has some language there. Did you do an inspection? Did you not do an inspection? Did you inspect the comps? Did you not inspect, right? So you answer those questions appropriately. Let's dive into a little bit of USPAP, guys. On page 24, I told you to read the first 24 pages of USPAP. So if you look on page 24... It, uh, it line item 717, this is part of your certification. Each written appraisal report must have a certification. So line item 717 says, no one provided significant real property appraisal assistance to the person signing this certification. If there are exceptions, the name of each individual providing significant real property appraisal assistance must be stated. Right? Now, it says if you do have a letter of transmittal, if you sign that, you almost you also must sign the certification. That's on line 720. Where I want to go in particular on page 24 is line item 729. It says, when a signing appraiser is relied on work by done by appraisers and others who do not sign the certification, the signing appraiser is responsible for the decision to rely on their work. 
The assigning appraiser is required to have a reasonable basis for believing those individuals performing the work are competent, and the signing appraiser must have no reason to doubt the work of those individuals is credible. All right. It goes on to say, although a certification must contain the names of individuals providing significant real property appraisal assistance, is not required that the summary of the extent of their assistance be located in the certification. However, it's got to be somewhere. I didn't read that verbatim. <laughs> USPAP doesn't have that Kentucky uh, slang, do they? All right. If you do a little search in your USPAP, your digital USPAP, you'll find Advisory Opinion 31. And I recommend you take a look at that. Now, a moment ago, I said the trainee or associate appraiser would sign on the left. And I know somebody out there is listening saying, wait, Brian, Brian, that's misleading because it says appraiser, right? Well, let's look at it. If you look at Advisory Opinion 31 in the current edition of USPAP, that's on page 146 for all you guys out there listening with your USPAP book in hand. It says uh, on line item 20, it is important to realize that USPAP does not define an appraiser in terms of state licensing or certification requirements. USPAP defines an appraiser as one who is expected to perform valuation services competently and in a manner that is independent, impartial, and objective. Expectation is the crucial element in determining when one is acting as an appraiser. As a result, one could be a trainee by state licensing requirements and also identified as an appraiser by USPAP definition. Identified as an appraiser by USPAP definition. So, Scott, I hope this has answered your question. Uh, if you're out there with them, you can do whatever you want. If you're not out there with them, if they, if they go out on their own, right, then they're going to have to sign the left-hand side under the word appraiser of the URAR. There's really, you really don't have much option there. And then you're going to sign on the right-hand side as supervisory appraiser. Guys, we could go on and on and on and on. This is a hot topic. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, significant real property appraisal assistance. What is it? Well, in the next podcast, maybe we'll talk about that. I hope everyone's being safe. If you would like to be on the program, uh, email support at Appraiser eLearning. Check out uh, Ben or Doug and ask them. And I'm going to give you some results of... Um, of some of the podcasts uh, in our next episode, man, we've had lots of folks downloading and listening and thank you for your support. We're glad you're listening. We glad, we're glad that you participate in our webinars. If you would like to be on the program, please reach out and let us know. I'd love to have some, some appraisers on the uh, broadcast and uh, until then you guys be very, very safe out there and happy appraising. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.